Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Welcome. Um, so we're missing John. Yes, we are. And um, where is John? Somewhere in the eastern United States? I don't know. Getting ready to... I think he's on a bus. He's on a bus. With yeah. Mercy Me. With Mercy Me. Isn't that great? Yeah, I, think I, about I like what, that. What we just said. I like John that. John is on a bus with Mercy Me. I don't know how he's going to like that. He's not going to like the bus, but he's going to like being with them. That's right. That will be a wonderful tour for him to... One of the wives was describing what it's like to sleep on the bus, and she said, it's like you're in a coffin, and you close the curtains, and it's dark, and I thought, oh, John, it's not going to like this. No, this is not... But before he made the decision, I took him on the bus. And I oh, said, you John, did. yeah, this is where you're going to be sleeping. This is your coffin. Oh, wow. the, here's your personal coffin, yeah. Um, and and he went for it anyway. Oh, good so, for him. Yeah. yeah. We're praying with you, brother. Yep, we're with you, John. Okay, we're in Ephesians 6. Indeed and we are. David, could you read a, yeah, about just four verses? These here? first four verses, sure. And this is in the ESV. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm. Wow. Uh, there's a lot in four verses. Wow. My goodness. So I have a question for you. If, if this was the first commandment with a promise, that you will live a long time on the earth... What does that mean? Does that mean that Jesus didn't obey his parents because he died when he was in his early 30s? There you go, Bill. That just starts you out. Well, he did. Bruce. Remember, he was wow. up Let's go to the next verse. The next verse is about fathers. Ah, that's you know, great. You know, Bruce, that is one of those oh my goshes in Scripture. Yeah. Because because it's it's a promise, but it's not realized by all. That's right. That's that's the oddest thing about some of these. It, it is. And, and it's like, if we don't get that nuance, then we will make a false assumption, which a lot of people do in the promises of God. They claim them for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they don't realize that because of sin, there's a counter-truism. That's right. I think, too, that... Uh, when when we're claiming a universal promise personally, yes. that we uh, are often uh, trying to interpret God for our life. Absolutely. And that's beyond what the promise exactly. inherently holds. Um, now, I, I would say this. It does create hope. Yes. Now, the hope is true. It does create hope. There, there, is, a, there is a hope in, in the promise and and I think we need to be those who are giving people a lot of hope. That's right. And it definitely does go well with you when you honor your father and mother. Absolutely. When you obey your parents in the Lord. It, Absolutely. It definitely creates healing and health in your life. And for the generations of your family. Yes. It really does. Yes. Some of the phrases here are, um, I, I would just think this... Um, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I, I, I looked at that for many years, and I realized that there's a relationship here that we teach all the time between trust and obedience. And children, obey your parents in the Lord. Obey those parents who you can trust. Yes. Or, well, become a parent, a child who complies. 
And, and what happens is we get that mixed up and we, we use the Bible then as a sledgehammer for our kids. And we say to our kids, the Bible says you're supposed to obey me. Well, that's not where the Bible ends its story. Just like in the previous chapter, the husband says to the wife, the Bible says you're supposed to submit to me. Yeah. You know, no, that's not that, that's that not is the whole not story. the whole story. See, not the whole you story. get to treat me like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So go. I can submit yeah. to you. Let's this, see whose bar is higher, sir. This week I was teaching on love as a process of meeting needs, and I talked about submission. So I, I referred to this, well, our story last week. And um, when I got all done explaining what submission really means in the marriage relationship because of who the husband is, they applauded. Uh, they should. I didn't expect it. They applauded. There was an applause in the audience. Now, that same is a, is a reality, as you just said here, Bruce, and that is be really careful, parents. Your children are supposed to obey you, but never, ever lose the perspective that you need to be a parent who can be obeyed. Don't ever lose that, because if you lose that, you'll use the Bible to force your children to behave, and it's wrong. Obedience comes as a result of a heart that is submissive. A heart that is submissive is a heart that says, I will let you influence me. A heart that is submissive is a heart that says, I'll trust you with me. There is no one, no one obeys God without letting God influence them. Yeah. Nobody obeys God who doesn't trust God. Saul, for instance, missed it. He missed right. it. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to ensure that your generational sin will be passed down from generation to generation, <laughs> require your children to obey you in everything. And, and because you have generational sin that is coming out on them. And exactly. if they're not allowed to question or if they're not allowed to, to wonder about if this is okay, you've given them a fair amount of disassociation in life between what is good and what is God. That's right. And that's why verse 4 is sitting there, too. Fathers, do not provoke right. your children to anger, but raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. How, uh, I have this question, how do fathers, what are the ways in which fathers might provoke their children to anger? Oh. You want my personal list? <laughs> <laughs> I should ask Rory and Finn. Uh-huh. Well, if we're asking Finn, who's my two-year-old, I didn't give him milk today. That uh, there you go. Anger. There you go. <laughs> Probably know what it's saying. You know, Bruce, in our experience in the past, we used to do a lot of Bible camp work. And um, without exception, we would have a camp of 150, 200 teenagers and without exception, a lot of them were street kids that didn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. The unhealthiest kids in camp were the kids who came from legalistic homes. Easily the unhealthiest kids in camp. And why is that? Because their fathers had provoked them mm-hmm. with a list of rules, instructions that never matched their person. Yeah. And therefore they were fighting constantly with their parent to discover, Dad, you are not honoring me That's not who I am. You're making me do things that are different than who I am. And I don't, all those rules and regulations, by the way, Dad, you're not obeying them. By the way, Dad, your life is a joke. By the way, Dad, and and really, without exception, the hardest kids to reach at those camps were the kids from Christian homes that were legalistic. Without, I mean, it was an amazing phenomenon. 
they were likely complying while being oh, angry, oh, right? And, I mean, they were and finding a place at camp to be honest yeah. about their anger. Yeah, I mean, some of these kids were just lividly can't wait to get out from under that guy because I am going to live my own life and he can't stop me. Yeah, I mean, then and, I no longer will comply. Exactly, I will do what I want to do. Exactly, yeah. and 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 so the the the, the provoking often is is an, an anger in the father to show the disappointment he has in the child because the child is not honoring everything he wants the child to be. That's interesting what you just said, that the anger in the father is actually breeding the anger in the child. Exactly. Yeah. And, they, and the child is not who he wants him to be. Right. So I love this last part of the verse where he says, but bring them up at the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And therefore, if a father can learn this one principle, discipline is for the benefit of the child to bring the child back to who they are. You, go, you will never discipline a child well if you don't know who they are. You will reduce your discipline to punishment for their behavior rather than correction for the direction of their life. Yeah, you could say it another way. You could say discipline is for the benefit of the child, not for the convenience of the parent. Absolutely, absolutely. Or to as a as a shame salve. Yeah, yeah, David, you got it. Because because then so therefore he said, do not provoke your children. Well, what is the counter then? If I don't provoke my child, what do I do? I discover who they are, so they can trust me with their person so I can give direction to their life when they move out of who they are. And that's a very important but hard lesson to learn. But it's what God says in Hebrews about you and me, yeah, about us. Right. He loves us and he disciplines us, never to punish us. My Heavenly Father's not going to punish me. But he knows I'm capable of making life choices that will redirect my life from his purpose yes. and from who I really am. And he wants to keep bringing me back to that. And and that's where this chapter, in my opinion, needs to have so much emphasis. Dads who are listening, listen carefully. You must not let your child's behavior dictate your punishment. You must not. You know, if you go back to Ephesians 1. So we're in Ephesians 6, and, and this was written, and so you... You've, like you said, you've got it kind of split up. So here's why we get to live, and then we're going to go into here's how you're going right. to do it kind of thing. Well, in Ephesians 1, in the message, around verse 12 or so, it says, I'm paraphrasing, but that Jesus is the one who made you and who knows why he made you and he knows what he made you for. And then later on it says, I pray that you will pray for clear eyes, that you will have discernment to know the this amazing Amen. glory with boundless energy that is this life in Christ as a Christian. Amen. And so what it's saying there is, I pray that you will ask. I pray that you will look for. And so as a parent, as a father, if I'm not asking, if I'm not looking, then how would I ever know how to bring my child into who they are? Because I don't know who I am. So I need Amen. to ask God and others for this, this unbelievable life. What does it look like, God? What is Amen. it? Amen. Well said, David. I think, Bruce, one more thought here. Verse 1 and verse 4 are tied together. Yes, they are. Uh, yes, they are. Because when the father, he's using the father, could be the parent. But when the parent is a parent, 
who loves and understands the child for who they are and in fact guides them through discipline and then the instruction of the Lord, that child will obey that parent. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Now we've touched the heart of the child and they will obey from that heart and God will bless them for it. So they're tied together. And, and, and as we said last week, and you already said this week, gosh, so many parents want to use the Bible to beat their kids into behavior. Wow. Forgive us, God. Oh, absolutely. Well, we'll see you next week on the True Face Podcast.